kind of going to do two reflections today, but they're parallel, yet they're a little bit different. First from the Old Testament, the first book of Samuel. How do we understand this passage here? Well, first of all, up to this time in the, in the Hebrew history, Israelite history, they had no king. They had no king. They were slaves in Egypt for 430 years. And then God set them free. Moses was not their king, but God used Moses to lead them out into the desert. And then after some years, the people built the Ark of the Covenant. And then the Ark of the Covenant, God was leading the people. And God led the people into the Promised Land. And then God was raising up judges for the people. He was also then raising up prophets. And that's where we have the prophet Samuel here, who's in his old age. And the people of Israel are looking at all the other nations and they're saying, they have a king. Why do we not have a king? And what, through the prophet Samuel, God is saying, I will be your king. And they said, no, 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 no. We don't want God as our king. We want a human being as our king. See the sin against him? Much like Jesus in his passion. No, we do not want him as king. That's who he was crucified for king of the Jews. That's what was written right above Jesus' head, king of the Jews. We don't want him as king. They reject God. See that? There's a parallel between the Old Testament and New Testament, what we, what we call typology. And here they reject God as king. And so God says through the prophet Samuel, grant the people's every request is not you they reject they're rejecting me as their king. And then Samuel says, okay, people, you want a king? Guess what's going to happen if you have a king? That the king is going to tax you. How many of you like taxes? How many of you rejoice over taxes where the government takes your money? And I don't know what country you're from, but, you know, some countries the government takes more. Other countries the government takes less. But who likes taxes? And then the king will take the best of your soldiers, will take the best of your servants. The king will enslave you. All of your goods, all of your best produce will come to him. You see that greed? All the power, all the authority will be given to the king. He will lord it over you. And after Samuel tells them all the consequences of having a king, you know what the people say? Not so, there must be a king over us. After he warns them, we too must be like the other nations with a king to rule us and to lead us in warfare and fight our battles. And then you know what God says? Grant the request and appoint a king to rule them. Sometimes, we're, we're, we're so stupid sometimes. And sometimes, you know, we, we don't think. And even when we know the consequences, you say, no, 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 I still want this. I still want this. And the worst thing God can do sometimes is grant our request, is grant our prayer. 
when we want something. Because sometimes we don't know what we're asking for. And we want something, and then sometimes the worst thing is for God to answer our prayer. See that? Because then if God answers our prayer, then we have to suffer the consequences of what we asked for. And, that, and that's exactly what happens to the people with their king. It was King Saul first. You know, but, then, but then God kind of works it out with King David and everything. But then the kings of Israel, it, later on in Israelite history, if you read the Old Testament, the kings get the people in trouble. The kings lead the people to idolatry. The kings lead the people instead of to God, lead the people away from God. So it, the moral of the story is, should we have a king? Should we not have a king? Should we have rulers? Should we not have rulers? And you might think that this is an anarchist homily. It's not anarchy. We do need rulers. We do need people over us making laws and everything. But the thing is, sometimes with politics, we rely too much on man and not enough on God. We think that, okay, I'm going to elect this certain politician, and this politician is going to fix all the problems in this country. Impossible. Even, for, even if you're a politician, listen, impossible. Why? Because we're human beings. We're frail. We have what's called concupiscence. That's the result of original sin. People are greedy. People are hungry for power. You know, unless a, unless a person is truly virtuous, it's hard when you get that power. You, know, you want to lord it over another person. And so it's, is it good? Is it not good? Well, yeah, you do need leaders. But the thing is, is don't, don't think that those leaders are going to fix every single problem. They're not the Messiah. They're not God. They won't, fix every, they won't fix every problem in your personal life. They can't. They don't know you. They can't do that. So sometimes we think that politics is the sole answer to society. And it's, we need it, but it's, it's not. And so I think the lesson here is serve God first. Let God be your king. Put God in the center. And even if you're a politician, put God there first. Ask God to help you. you know, ask for the blessings of God. One of the things in, in this country, United States, George Washington, when he was inaugurated as president, he prayed. He prayed for God to guide him to help him to rule this country of the United States. He prayed for the blessings of God. Matter of fact, during his inauguration, Congress and George Washington, they prayed for three hours, three hours, asking for God's blessing upon this country. So it's, it's only when we put God first, then God will help us. Not that God will solve all of our problems, we will still have problems. There will always be problems. Even with the best politician that's out there, there will still be problems. 
It's just, it's just the world. It's, it's original sin that there will always be problems in our society. But that doesn't mean we can't try. That doesn't mean we can't, say, like, do diplomacy and do peace treaties and, and, and try to work for peace. But ultimately, we need God in the center of it all. And that's what Samuel, and that's what God was trying to teach the people of the Old Testament. Put God in the center. Don't, don't put man above God because you're going to run into problems, which the Israelites eventually did. You got to put God there first. So I'm going to switch to New Testament. What happens when you put God first? What happens? What happens when you put the king first? And you see Jesus, the son of God, who's come to earth. That God has sent his own son, his own king, now down to earth. But Jesus is a different king. He's a different king in that he gets in the middle of people's lives. So as they said, like a politician, they can't solve all your personal problems just because of time and space. But Jesus can. Jesus can. And so when Jesus comes, he's preaching, and they bring paralytic to him. And there's two miracles that happen when the paralytic approaches the king. Two miracles that happen. The first miracle is a spiritual miracle. The second miracle is a physical miracle. The first miracle is that Jesus notices that the paralytic has sins. That's the first thing. Jesus has an eye to look not just at the body, but into the soul and to see the state of our souls, which can be scary. And he sees that this man has sins. And so he works the first miracle. What's the first miracle? Jesus forgives sins. No politician can do that. Jesus forgives sins. The king forgives sins. And he says... To the man, he says, child, your sins are forgiven. Notice he calls him child. Isn't that interesting? He doesn't call him man. He's a grown man. And yet he calls him child. Why does he call him child? Because when our sins are forgiven, we're like little children again. You must be like a child to enter into the kingdom of heaven. So his soul becomes innocent, beautiful, like a little child. And he says, child, your sins are forgiven. So Jesus forgives his sins. And then the others are thinking, they're thinking to themselves. They're not saying it out loud. They're thinking, why does this man speak that way? He's blaspheming. Who but God alone can forgive sins? They're thinking that Jesus knows their thoughts. Jesus knows what they're thinking. And he says, which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, pick up your mat, and walk. And he says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins on earth. Notice he has authority. He's the king. So he has power. He has authority. Then he says to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your mat, and go home. And the paralytic, he rises, picks up his mat, 
And then he goes from a physical miracle, a physical healing. Question is, Jesus works two miracles, a spiritual healing and a physical healing. Which one is greater? Which miracle is greater? The people are astounded and they're rejoicing at the physical healing. You would too. If a paralytic came up here and I prayed over the paralytic and the paralytic got up, got out of the wheelchair, people would be amen, amen to God. Be giving glory to God. But which is greater? The spiritual healing or the physical healing? Spiritual healing is greater. See that? But Jesus, he's the one who can spiritually heal us, and he's the one who can physically heal us also. But we should always rejoice more in the spiritual healing and the physical healing. Because even if Jesus were to heal you physically, you're eventually still going to get sick and die. But if Jesus heals you spiritually, then you will have everlasting life. That is where we put God in the center. God is our king. Only God can reach into the depths of our souls and our hearts and truly heal us and truly be king over our hearts and our lives. Put God in the center he is our king. He is our savior. He is our redeemer that lifts us from the misery of our sins. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.